You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. That is some old school shit right there. This is the Punk Theology Podcast. We're talking about energy today. How is your energy, listeners? We want to hear from you. Uh, punktheology.com is the website for this here podcast. I would be your host, Rush Shaw, on this we would call episode 40. Episode, that 40, 40 days, 40 nights, it's episode 40. Sorry, I said that really fast, didn't I? My name is Russ Shaw, not Russia, not Russia. It's Russ Shaw. And you know what? I'm not going to go through all the social media shit. I'm just not going to do it today. Um, But man, seriously, we would love to hear from you. You can find all that stuff on punktheology.com. You could search punk theology on like Twitter or uh, it's punk theology pod on Twitter. All right. It's not punk theology. Somebody else grabbed that. So punk theology pod on Twitter. And there I go with the social media. I promised myself. I promised you I wouldn't do it. Promises. That's a that's a future episode right there. Uh, But today. uh, The fucking email for this show, man. I'm in a punchy mood. Can you tell? I'm a little bit fucking punchy today. I got the swear words. It's like I'm slowly being rolled on out of a funk I've been in for a while. I'm I'm like, uh, I'm having one of those kind of moments uh, today. That's how my energy is flowing out today, peeps. Um, so yeah, let's hear from you, the listener. Also, uh, would you help us uh, pay the light bill, right? Would you put some of your energy, if you like the show, if you appreciate the show, man, we'd love to have uh, co-producers of this podcast who believe in it who see it as a positive force in the world. You can do that on punktheology.com or search Patreon uh, for our Patreon page. Become a Patreon sinner saint. Patreon saint, right? We get it? See what we did there? Uh, I'm going to shut up now. It's a long show. We're going to kick it off. All natural and technological processes proceed in such a way the availability of the remaining energy decreases. In all energy exchanges, if no energy enters or leaves an isolated system, the entropy of that system increases. Energy continuously flows from being concentrated to becoming dispersed, spread out, wasted, and useless. New energy cannot be created, and high-grade energy is being destroyed. An economy based on endless growth is It keeps gentlemen. This pink fuzzy bunny is killing us. The Capitol Hill to work out a. I think this episode has great energy. <laughs> it does have great energy. It has been good. Yeah. I mean, it's been fun to be We're here. Do I don't know. It's, it's going to be listenable at all. Which, ironically, by my theory, it'll be the best episode. You don't have to work and slave. Let electricity do it for you. When you're focusing on what they call it a target, meaning the thing that you're processing or working through, where is it in your body? Where do you feel it in your body? So you guys feel things in your body when you're... And, I, and that's fine I get, as a descriptor. I'd prefer better words. But that makes sense, though, doesn't it? I mean, would you I'm, agree? 
It still bothered me a little bit. But do you but feel at the same time? I absolutely can say, yeah. I go into a job interview and feel butterflies in the stomach. Yeah, it, it, you know, versus my chest, where when I'm nervous about other things, I might be nervous there, or my palms get cold and right. sweaty. Like, yes, like the body has reactions; those are measurable. Like, I can mm-hmm. observe them in the real world. I think energy is a poor word to sure. describe that. You can have. You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This audio recording may include inappropriate references, excessive profanities, and potentially unsuitable material for younger children. There, you've been officially warned. Talking about energy tonight. Chuck's not here. Chuck is uh, MIA. He didn't have enough energy to show. He is speaking of energy. Chuck's probably sleeping, is what it is. It's been. It's still raining. Uh, we did that show what two weeks ago now. As far as the uh, there's a sun balls a few days next yeah. week. I saw Monday. So I was also gonna do some v blogging on my. So I'm on. I'm on uh, antidepressants now. How's that going for you? Day three. Uh, Takes about a month. I feel. Right? It was yeah. It takes a well. It takes about a week or two. Oh, that's not so bad. So they they grill me again with questions after two weeks, but uh, after three days, it, I don't know. I feel I feel a little better, but I felt better I think because Monday the sun was out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like there was just a, just a hot minute, yeah, yeah. A hot minute of sun breaks. Yeah. The sky was blue. Saw that glowing orb that we haven't seen in Dude, very long. The time. sun in the end of January is like a drop of water to someone in hell. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here in Seattle. That's right. It's, yes. Just everybody piles out into the street. So and shields their eyes. Yeah. yeah. Like we're trolls coming out from under a bridge. Where are my sunglasses? <laughs> well, like moles that just popped out of the ground. Going. Uh. Sometimes I go into a store because all the stores around here, like grocery stores, are afraid of getting sued because there's lots of lawyers here in the Seattle area as well. And so when you walk into a grocery store, there's like just fucking lights everywhere. <laughs> so you, you come from the gray and the rain and you walk into like fucking Walmart or Fred Meyer or something like that. It's just like, God, you know, give me some sunglasses. <laughs> like a mole just came out of the ground and holy shit, I feel like I'm on stage. <laughs> I'm just trying to buy a can of fucking beans. What do you do with the beans, Russ? I make burritos. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and then I try to I try to roll the window down while I have passengers in my van after the burritos because that's a thing. It's courteous. Yeah. It is. I don't want to get a lower than five star rating because of my, uh, my dietary choices. <sighs> anyway, so this is off to a Roaring <laughs> start, isn't it? Yeah, edit this out too. Yeah. <laughs> Second failed launch. Uh, we missed Chuck. Chuck would say something really Chuck smart would, yeah, at this moment. Right. Chuck would infuse us with some energy. I'm trying to get my cigar going again because I've been running my flap too long. So, Derek, the listeners are. Uh, are probably raring to know. How's Derek? How's Derek's energy level today? Uh, I'm okay. 
You're better. <laughs> yeah. I've had better? Worse, worse okay. days. You've had worse days. Yeah, if I was like at a two last two weeks ago, I'm like at a two and a half. Mm. <laughs> Three. There you go. Like a little bit better, I guess. Uh, and it depends on the moment, too. Yeah. Uh, I also just had some thinking that this week, like, haven't put much energy into just trying to shift my attitude and my perspective. I'm kind of wallowing in it still a little bit. Mm. And I think that has something to do with it. Yeah. Like, part of me really wants to still be depressed. Mm. Um, and it's kind of taking pride in my depression a little bit, uh, which I spent some time digging through today, which is weird. Yeah. But, but yeah. Because when it's really bad, it feels like, man, I'd do almost anything to get out of this. But then, you know, things start to get better and I start to ramp up. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just stay down. Mm. Mm. So you feel like you could step into... I could turn around a bit more than I'm letting myself. Mm. Another, like, half a point? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is something, right? Yeah. I heard a 5% improvement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 5% better is still uh, better. I don't know. I I heard that in recovery groups a lot. And at one time I just freaked out and called bullshit. Like somebody said, for the 48,000th time, it feels like I heard it. Somebody said, well, you know, Russ, uh, two steps forward, one step back is still a f- step forward. Maybe it's just where I was when I heard it. But I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> it still feels like... A step backwards. <laughs> and that, that fucking sucks, you know? When you're still 500 miles behind, <laughs> stuff doesn't mean much. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still here and I'm grateful for that. Grateful to be here with friends, drinking a little scotch, smoking a cigar. Um, yeah. Arthur has a new job. I feel sort of bad that I kind of shit on your job last week. With you the, shit on my job? A little bit. Notice. Not not I didn't shit on your job, but <laughs> I, I'm like you meant to shit on your job. <laughs> and now it's coming out. <laughs> no, I said I said uh, I said oh wait till the honeymoon's over, which was sort of negative. Speaking about energy, that's that's another thing. Speaking of the these little and and Derek touched on it too, the ambiguity of energy. Um, it's just negative or positive. You just gotta turn off the negative, Ross, and think positive. Um, but I do feel like Saying that you know, wait till the honeymoon's over was kind of shitty on my part. Yeah, that so. doesn't get to me. Uh-huh. And he said that I also himself. know that there will be a honeymoon period, and I'm looking forward to that because when you've been at a company for ten years, that was a long time ago. The last mm-hmm. time you had one, so right, um, new honeymoon. It's nice. Yeah. But you shared you shared that thing from that that woman. I think she was at Google exec or something, um, talking about radical candor, which is sort of something we do here. Um, Google that uh, on YouTube or whatever. Radical Candor. She wrote a book about it. Yeah, she wrote a book. She's an author, and I found that on Amazon. They have a whole yeah. series of really short, like two-minute videos by a whole bunch of entrepreneurs and writers and college professors, where they just talk about a bunch of different topics. And I thought that one was really interesting because she she talks about this concept of radical candor, and I think that's partially uh, what makes this podcast special. Is um, not only do we speak truth uh, to, to challenge people but also to we do it in a way where I hope we're conveying that we also care personally Yeah. and when you because you can care and, and hide the truth and you can speak the truth and not care and either of those 
are vastly less effective than truly communicating that you care about someone personally and you're challenging them to approve directly. You know, you're challenging them directly. Yeah. And that, that's kind of her little paradigm on what radical candor means is that you're you're addressing things directly and you're conveying that you care personally. Yeah. And that is a fantastic model. It was it was presented in in guidance for managing being a manager in, yeah, business. in a company. Um, but because that's what I, she sees people doing, you know, not that whole thing where they're they're either doing one or the other, but they're right. not doing both. Right. And that's what had me thinking of you earlier this week. I had a guy in the car who who was being you know, headhunters are a thing in this city. There's a there's people who have whole careers on getting people into the tech jobs. My first job was from a headhunter. Oh yeah? This this guy so I had this guy in the car, he was from San Francisco, and he says he says, I have a particular set of skills. Remind me of Taken. Right. But <laughs> he says, but I have these skills that are very attractive to these tech companies. And he says, I'm interviewing at Amazon, Google, and Facebook today. And he goes, one bullshit thing, and I'm walking out. Because basically what I do has that kind of power. He goes, I'm not trying to be a, you know, he was, he was, he was humble in his own way, but... He said, I walked the fuck out of Amazon, and he goes, and he kind of laughed, and he goes, and he goes, you want to know why? I go, why? He goes, because they make me pay for lunch. <laughs> he goes, Facebook and Google, you just walk over to a fridge, and you pull a thing out, and you think, you don't have to pay for lunch in these places. So, it was, you know, they're getting ready to grill him on a bunch of questions. He goes, where do I get lunch? And they go, oh, well, there's food trucks and stuff like that. And he's like, I have to buy my own lunch? They're like, yeah. He's just fucking leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. But he said, he's, I told him this, and it, it reminded me of what I said to Arthur. I told him this. I said, everyone I've had in my freaking car who's talked about working at Google has liked it. And that's really rare. Hmm. I haven't met one person that's worked at Google that has bitches about it the whole time. Like, most people that work there are pretty happy. What's, the, what's the tally for Amazon? Um, about <laughs> half and half. I did my own personal little uh, <laughs> strategic kind of... I was asking questions when that New York Times article broke. And it was about half and half. It depends on what department you're in. You know, yeah. Some people were. I'd say about two thirds of people were not happy with their job at Amazon. Maybe a third were pretty happy. Just it just depends on what leadership team or or uh, part you're you're in. Just like any other job. Then. Yeah. So maybe the honeymoon will not be over, and this will be a great company, and uh, it'll be more like Google. So taking my negative energy back that I was throwing out in the last episode. It was on depression. So we were talking about sad depression, seasonal affective disorder. So throwing that out there. Now we're talking about energy. Now we're talking about energy. But that has to do with energy. What is energy? Because my energy towards Arthur was kind of shitty. What is energy? There you go. I measure it in jewels. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur and I are on the same page on this one. So I think the thing... So Russ brought up the idea of talking about energy, and my gut reaction was, I don't want to fucking talk about that. And then I thought, well, I probably would be a good topic because I really don't want to talk about that. Right. Uh, (laughs) And the thing I don't like about the word energy is it tends to be a catch-all for things people want to tell you is powerful, but they have no way of explaining it. Mm-hmm. And they have no control over it, and they, you know, they have really broad, rough methods. So crystals have energy, and landlines have energy, and trees have energy. Don't forget and, Himalayan salt lamps. Right, salt lamps <laughs> have energy, 
and which is really, really difficult for the scientifically minded, the engineers, right. those who are educated in areas where energy has real, definable physics. values right. and physics the behind units. it, and it science, and, and it's measurable. And right. Yes. So, and it just becomes as big. And so, especially when it comes to things like in like dealing with your shit, uh, something that's come up quite a few times is you know, oh, we're moving energy, and my first gut reaction oh, is it the same energy that's in crystals? Because I'm fucking out, right? Like, okay, you tell me what that energy is right now. Oh, it's blah, 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 word salad. Oh, it's the same <laughs> shit. Salad. It's the same shit as the crystal energy, which is the same shit as the landline energy, which is the same shit as all that hippy-dippy bullshit, <coughs> right? Like, and whereas it may actually have power, but fuck your language, because you're just using the same boring, tried word to describe something that you don't understand very well and okay like I'm out I'm sorry because you clearly don't even you don't understand this enough to even be able to explain it so in a way that, that you can digest that it has or, any meaning like, how do I measure the energy we move I think of it right. with you know with the stuff that we've talked about with dealing with your shit or doing interior work or going to counseling or really coming to grips with what's really going on I, I shared with you guys that quote from Eckhart Tolle. If you, if you really want to know your mind, the body will always give you a truthful reflection. Mm. So look at the emotion, or rather feel it in your body. Yeah. If there is an apparent conflict between them, the thought will be the lie. The emotion will be the truth. Absolutely. That makes so much sense to me. Um, just you and I experience. go through EMDR. That's EMDR is like EMDR that. Is like that. Well, I was. They don't care what's going on in your head. Tell me where you feel. Well, I, I was explaining some EMDR body? stuff. Like, like I was talking to Derek about it. Like so much of EMDR is integrating things I would have told you that I believed a while ago. Yeah. But I didn't really believe it. Exactly. In in, in, in my oh, gut, dude, like so like true. in my heart or oh, whatever man. metaphor you want to use, yeah. uh, like on an interior level, it, it was cerebral. It's here. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. Like, I, I would have, it's not that I really think differently, but I'm starting, EMDR helps you, it, it's a strong therapeutic process, it helps you integrate those beliefs and those values and really internalize them. Yeah. And that's the way I think about energy. That's how Dan that Hazen says, you, uh, knowing in your knower. There's something about knowing in your knower. Like, you can know in your head, but knowing in your knower is something else. Or it's something that even Pete Rollins has talked about with how belief really works. I mean, you know, one observation I've made is why are Christians some of the most guilt, anxiety-ridden, depressed people on the planet <laughs> when they have all this hope and they're just supposed right. to believe? But, but you can tell what, just when you talk to them, they're just so full of angst. Negative um, energy? Yes. But God's good. God's got this. God's good all the time, and I just trust the Lord. But but tell me why you're but really freaking you're out. You're shoving that shit in from the outside. Because exactly. you don't really believe it. Because you don't really believe exactly. it. That's exactly yes. right. And shoving it in from the outside doesn't work long term. So how do you manifest like a positive, positive, positive negative energy? I don't know if I measure it in positive negative. It's just more consistent. Like you could tell and me what you could tell me what you think. But 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 do you really believe it on a on a gut level on a heart level? Again, right. using these words. Uh, I, I don't know how you measure that, but I think it's... And maybe energy is the wrong word. I don't know. It's, it's something that's felt. It's something that's it experienced. Something that's yeah, because yeah. if you're around someone, I view it as if I'm around someone with positive energy, <laughs> I just thrive in their presence. I love yeah. being with them. But is that energy or do you just like I don't know. being around happy people? I don't know. Like, I have completely different words for that. Like, you have a good attitude. Some people say that's energy. 
Well, is that the kind of energy we're talking about when you're going through therapy and you're moving it? Or are you just talking about, hey, this person's generally positive. They have a they have a optimistic outlook and they see the bright side on things. Is that energy or is that just they're an optimist? <laughs> it still exudes some kind of energy, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, see, that's, that's is my it? point. Is that, is that something measurable? You can say, yeah, yes, this person actually point. projects positive energy into the world, or are they just a happy person and I like being around happy people and they're okay with their shit. But then we're factoring for X, right? So see, I can I can measure and quantify someone's attitude mm. by by the kinds of words that come out of their mouth and how they express things and their reactions. Those are measurable. Yeah. But I just saying there's a positive energy in the yeah. room, that really just has to do with whether people are like nice or happy or whether they're angry. So going along with Arthur, so, so the, the two things that bother me about the word energy are one's lazy for that reason. You've got a yeah. whole, you've got how many thousands of words in the English language? Pick one or make one up, right? <laughs> don't, don't fucking use this word over and over and over again for all these different things. And the other thing is it's not very honest for that reason. Mm. Because you can, you can start to twist and manipulate people by correlating two completely separate um, concepts using the same word. Do you have an example in your own life where you felt manipulated by someone who had positive energy to use those words? That's so hard. <coughs> I always talk about the example thing. Um, I think of Driscoll. I think Driscoll had a kind of energy. Yeah, but he didn't use the word energy. That's charisma. He, he didn't use the word energy. That's machismo. Yeah. Like, we have words for so that. So now we're going to and semantics. See, but, but see, no, we're not going to semantics because those are words that have real meaning that you can look up the definition and they apply. Energy doesn't. Right. Like, well, energy doesn't have that definition. Yeah. Or, and or, especially when... What or it has hundreds of definitions. You tie it into things where it doesn't really affect it. Like, okay, now we're tying in uh, Seth Taylor's word vibration. And like vibration vibes. raises <laughs> the, the energy. The and like saying trees have vibration. I'm like, trees don't have fucking vibrations. Like, we measure vibrations all the time. We, we, we understand what that means. We have a whole scale of measurement that measures vibrations of all types. So here's the definition of energy from dictionary.com. It was the number one. There's a bunch of them. Right, that's before. my point, too, is that there's a bunch of... There's a bunch of word salad, right? Um, the captivity of vigorous activity. Available power is, is energy. I remember what Tony Robbins, one of his first books, was called Personal Power, right? Because there's something, I don't know, there's, there's, but that's what people are seeking. There's a billion-dollar industry on give me some energy, right? I need energy, um, especially guys over 40. <laughs> energy starts to dip and, and uh, a late night. <laughs> a late so now night. we're talking about things that are cured by cocaine? <laughs> I, I think like we're little pills. If you walk into like a Seahawks football game, there's energy. It's it's like yeah, palpable. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, you could maybe find a different word for it. Wait, we have psychology yeah, yeah. for mob and group dynamics. Like, sure, we have words for that. <laughs> so you too. just prefer better better words, basically. Well, very helpful. <laughs> I, I prefer <laughs> articulation. Absolutely. Right. I mean. How many That's times right. in this podcast have I talked about, quote, semantics, about language, where when you really want to talk about a topic, energy, as Derek says, is lazy. It, it, 
it's it's ethereal. I mean, if you can raise energy by raising your vibrations, then shove a hypersonic vibrator up your ass and crank it all the way up. There goes my vibration. So when 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 Eckhart Tolle has that quote about the disconnect between what you think and what you feel. Yeah, okay, that is that a better way in your mind of like you're talking about energy. Well, he's not saying the word energy, but he's emotions not. and feelings, and I think that's maybe sometimes the way somatic energy is I would say I agree uh, to a large extent with that quote in that I think that there are disconnects, and I think we've studied this scientifically too, where we we don't agree with ourselves all the time. There are fascinating right. studies about split-brain people who've had either trauma or had their brain cut in half to stop seizures, and we can we found ways to quiz those people where they we input questions through one eye, and we ask one side of the brain a question we ask the other side and you get two different answers yeah. we're not simple beings our mind as we talk about it is not one we we disagree with ourselves right i think that's part of what that's talking about but i can talk about that topic all day long and never use the word energy gotcha all right and i think the other so there's a thing called the ambiguity yeah. uh, fallacy okay yeah uh, and that's one of the common fallacies you know for debates and that type of thing uh the king of this right now is trump <laughs> so the idea is you take a word that means one thing and you either associate it with a different concept and then drag that whole con like this like so fake news right, right. that's the, that's this big one fake news is actually a thing it is right where the russians made up a bunch of stuff that was completely false there is yeah. no attempt at journalism or uh, just novelty websites right, throwing right, shit out for right, fun. Just, just trying to get clicks right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and trump hijacked that word and forced it into things that he doesn't like that people say about him. These are real journalists doing real work who, who are, you know, following the rules of journalism that they've been following for hundreds of years. Uh, and so he takes that word, which is bad, and then sh and then shoehorns it into into this other thing. Which those things are not equal, but because he's using the same word for both, he's able to trick people's brains into saying, oh, that's bad, and he's using that bad word for this thing, so that's bad, too. Gotcha. Uh, and so energy is the same way. Like, like, you know, we talk, I mean, we have to have energy to move our cars, to light our homes. Like, good, 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 right? <laughs> yeah. All good things. You, know, you define energy as the ability to make things happen in real life. Like, I yeah. want something to happen. In order to make that happen, I need to put energy I need to put some work in. in. Yeah. Right. It's a metaphor. Right. And like saying the Seahawks have but when you go to Seahawks game and the energy in the stadium, like, sure, use lazy words for that. We're not talking about something technical. We're not talking about... Something important. Like, something important gotcha. about okay. your, you know, your struggle in life. But when you start trying to apply that technically Say, to... Say, here's a $600 crystal, and I need to, you to spend eight weeks learning how to use it with me in this training app, you know, <laughs> seminar, and you might need to have sex with some people you don't know. But it's oh, all about energy, dude. right? We're going to oh, improve fuck. your energy. So that's where it starts. To, yeah. It's the hook, right? Hey, Arthur, could you uh, muster up the energy to hand me the bottle opener so I can open this uh, nice Pike Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale? Ra raise your vibration, and I'll reach <laughs> the rest of the way. <laughs> Why have heard it used in, in, in psychology circles or even mindfulness circles when they use energy? I don't... I didn't. I don't hear it as lazy as much as it's sort of trying to dispel the like negative attachments that you might have to unpleasant yeah. feelings. That's why I mean factor for X, because that's where you get to the semantics. Because what you're talking about now is let's find language 
to enter into or to that neutralize space. what you're what you're um, experiencing is oh this this energy i.e. this feeling this unpleasantness that I have in my body well you know you're you're kind of making a judgment that's just energy so I think that they're trying to employ that kind of language to sort of neutralize it and, and, and dispel the the negativity that you're assigning to it by just, oh, well, this feeling is just energy, and if you can just identify it as energy, then maybe it's not as creepy or scary to you or it something. It feels like a way of tricking people to me still, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you're trying to... You're not being honest. It is just, unpleasant, let's be honest about well, and, it. And yeah, the, I mean, the other part is that the practitioners like really believe it. Like, when we talk to Seth, it's it was the difference of... When I'm trying to ask him, like, do you realize that your language you use for this is off-putting for a huge segment of the population because of the reasons we've just been talking about? And if you were able to change your language, you would reach a broader audience. And it's he, like, kind of just point-blank denied that that's a thing, and it's my problem because I can't accept his lazy language Rather than well, what about what we're doing here? Like, there's a lot of people that don't like our language. <laughs> They're going to be like, you know, and that's my attitude. Was like, fuck them. I don't know. Like, and maybe that's Seth. And I don't too, always and I'm fine with that. But I don't. I also admit that I don't accurately communicate always what I want to. Yeah. But you can question me on that, and I can say, <laughs> yeah, that's my fault. Where Seth was like, no, there's nothing wrong with using this word. It's really what's happening. Like right. he just denied my claim that he's failing to communicate with a large portion of the population. He just didn't think that was a real thing. The well, other thing I have a problem with is energy has an association with being a technical word. So it allows people that are not experts in something to sound like they're experts and they know what they're talking about. It gives them a level of credibility on a garbage yeah, if word. If they're selling that, yeah. Well, if they're who isn't selling that? that? And in self-help, yeah. isn't that you're, you're selling your expertise. When I'm, when I'm looking at people that are selling their methods and their shit, like, energy's a great trigger word. Right. Because they use that shit all the time, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it depends on the context. And I think going back to what John said, here's something that we use energy a lot for in in language with our kids, right? I mean, we've all had kids here, and some kids have energy. Kids have energy, like fucking Energizer Bunny shit going on. Especially when you're tired and you've worked all day. <laughs> and sometimes us dads, we get home and there's just a Oh shit! There's a battery energizer bunny that's really happy to see me. I have a dog too, so there's that. <laughs> but anyway, all that, all that you could say, you could use, you know, factor for X and say energy. Do you try to raise your dog's energy, Russ? <laughs> no, I don't have to. <laughs> just have but when it comes to kids, going back to what John said, when it comes to kids, there's there's childish and there's childlike energy, and the childish energy is refreshing. And sweet and pleasant, but the childish energy oh, okay. is it'll it'll fucking drain the fuck out of you, like you know. And maybe sometimes they're doing it just to get attention or whatever. But sometimes that childish energy is just you know, Dad, get me a coke or give me a sandwich or you know, it's Entitled. just just constant. Just but you're using to... clarifying words that help with what they're sort of saying. yeah, exactly. Like maybe helps. Okay, you use some more in- in- intelligible words besides just energy to describe what it is yeah. you're trying to say. Well, and when you're talking about kids' energy, you're just not talking about the same kind of stuff no. people are talking about in therapy. I think you are. You can. Be. I think there's people. There's people energy. that you're going to go to work tomorrow, and you'll meet people. Just, just be conscious of the. <laughs> 
of the childish and the childlike people who are adults, you know? I mean, that's the thing with guys, too. Like, there's a lot of guys who are, we call them men, but there's a lot of boys and that shave. That shave. Boys I would to use Mark's ass. Well, isn't it? But it's true. Uh, it's limit true. To the English language mm -hmm. in your energy. Yeah. And the fact that we love. I love my wife. I love my daughters. I love my yeah. dog. I love ice cream. And I love kilt loaf beer. <laughs> That's right. But it's, it's not a lot of different. It's not the same word. So you know you love kilt loaf beer the most. Priorities. <laughs> it's but it but you you bring up a great point. That's a good and that's why I think we should do some shows on factor for X, and and like word algebra because I think that's important. And even me bringing up semantics is almost it, just seeing in myself my energy <laughs> to kind of go oh well that's semantics. Like I'm just throwing that out there to to kind of shit on it using that word semantics. But there's something too factoring for X. In the language we use, so with say, say not using energy as a definitive answer. You encounter people throughout the day. You're writers. Uh, you can you do you detect what would be a different word for energy? Vibe, a positive <laughs> vibration, yeah. or or a positive no attitude. Yeah, yeah. Where? So let's let's turn this the other way. Where do you need that word? Yeah. Where is it the yeah. only one left to oh, I describe got, what you're I talking one. about? I got, to use Steve's thing, I had a guy in the car, and this was probably months ago. It was in the summer. Speaking of energy, he's, he, he gets in the car, and he's on the phone, and I could, I could, I could feel his tension. I guess like we use that word. He had tension. And he's like, ah, you know, and I kind of look in the room here, he's kind of looking at his phone, and he's like, <laughs> you know, and he keeps saying this stuff, and I go, I go, hey, dude. Uh, I said, I know you don't know me. I'm just a driver and stuff, but uh, I find it real helpful sometimes to talk about it. I said, if you want to talk about it, you know, I'm just a dude, but I'm, I'm in my ears, and I'll listen. And the guy just poured out, you know, talked about his girlfriend and some of the shit he's going through, and he didn't know me from Adam, but I could feel this dude's tension just in his words that started <laughs> and then he just kind of towards the end of the ride and it was maybe a 12 minute ride cheaper than therapy so <laughs> I think he towards the end we're like bartenders we so are. I don't think I mean I don't you know energy's a fine word in lots of applications and it doesn't bother me I think it's a trigger word for me when I feel like someone's trying to sell me something or yeah. convince me of right. something. Or when it's lazy? When there's an agenda behind right. it. Right. And they bring up the word energy it's one of those well, I'm out. Because you don't actually understand this well enough Right. Uh, to convince me, like mm. that, that's a, that's an indication that you're just using garbage words that you don't really understand because you don't actually understand it, and you're just trying to sell me on something that that is very ethereal, and and yeah, and you know, right. which is a great way to get people's money. Well, I've got a, I've got a customer. She's a young gal. Uh, she was a single mom. She's in a relationship with a dude. Great customer. And she knows her shit. I mean, she knows that she's got shit. She's dealing with it. She's seeking counsel. She's seeking uh, dealing with her anxiety. She's a faithful listener to our podcast. Oh, really? Yes. And I, hi, Steve's customer. <laughs> what? what? Um, I would love her to be on the show, and I've I've approached her about coming in with us. But what is it then? How do you identify? I walk into that room with her, and I feel, for lack of a better word, positive energy from her. I don't feel stressed. I feel, um, what is that? I always viewed it as a positive energy. And I've told her that. I said, you've really got some good energy. 
a, a pleasant, attractive female. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> up. Maybe in my, you know, she's got tattoos all over, and I'm and piercings, and I'm. But she's. It's just a vibe. <laughs> God, I'm just using all this, the just words. Just we have lots of yeah. words for that, though. What you're talking about, like the guy gets in. That's his disposition. That's his demeanor. Like we have words for that energy in that context. Fine, I get right. what you yeah. mean. I haven't been to college, Arthur. But it's, it's <laughs> but it's when you take it beyond like a lazy like description of right. where where it is. I mean, and I don't mean lazy like condescending. I just mean like we actually have words in the English language that despot that describe when you. Observe someone's disposition or demeanor. You're taking in what they're expressing into the world through their facial expression, through the way that they're talking, through their gestures. Like, yeah, they're yeah. giving off quote and energy, but it, it's completely different when you start talking with someone who's trying to counsel you and they're saying we're raising your energy or we're yeah. moving it. Like, so it's, it's, it's going to a technical place, not just an observation of like yeah. assessing where someone's at. I think it's because also because the stakes are higher. Like, if you use the word, she had a good energy, and you're trying to explain it, that's, like, I don't have a problem with that at all. Right. But if you're sitting there trying to change my behavior, and, like, there's real-world stuff going on, I want words that mean something. Yeah, like, you're trying to convince me to pay you to raise my energy level. Right. Didn't I see? What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Right. Yeah, like, if I'm going to pay you, I need to know exactly what I'm buying. Don't use the word energy. Didn't I see a Himalayan salt lamp in your dining area? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who got that, John? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Would another word for for this energy vibe be encouragement? It, it's a light. It yeah. looks as a light. Because I'm in a room with some people, I'm encouraged by them. Just being in a room with them. Seth, Seth Taylor is one of those guys. <laughs> and I'll say something about Seth Taylor that, and maybe he doesn't use the right language, but I know that he's not trying to sell anybody anything. And if he uses the word energy, he means a life coach. He means yes. <laughs> He is, but sincere. he, he does. It. He is sincere, and he, and he loves people, and he's not trying to. I don't think he's sell not sincere. Them. I think he's just sincerely. I've using seen that guy, which horribly. I don't want to get him in trouble, but I've seen the guy give away copies of his book just for free to people who didn't have the money, who are seeking Seth, some seeing kind of. I'm hoping he doesn't listen to it. Like, because I like him. I, I, I really want to take a step back though, because like you wanted to talk about energy rest. What what were you thinking about, and why does that resonate with you? And where did you want to go? Yeah, I'm all done with my triggers. So you can talk about <laughs> I think that maybe doing some shows on factoring for X may be a kind. It's a cool topic, and maybe no that's what excited we're about junior high math. <laughs> factoring or but there's, but, slower but there's early energy. high school math. There's oh, I'm using the word energy, but there's there's when you when when I bring up a word like love, you brought up love, which is a great point. Yeah. When someone brings up love, it's just the same damn thing. Right. Like someone can say, "Oh, fucking Christian counseling on marriage for God's sake." People, well, don't you love your wife? You know, and 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 some of the shit that I was. I was dealt, my wife and I were dealt, it was just bad. It was just the definition of love and... And it works for the exact same reason, because love is a always positive word. So as long as I say, yeah. as I equate some behavior to love, I can get you to do whatever the fuck I want. Right. Because, and you know, that's a classic relational, well, don't you love me? Right. And, like... That have nothing to do with love. I'm trying to get you to do what I want you to do. And the, and I and I, I love myself with your body. <laughs> you know what? And here's the thing. That's and here was my and to be to go to what to do, to I'm trying to. I'm also trying to get in Derek's 
shoes with your word energy. How love triggered the shit out of me was I sat in a lot of recovery groups with a lot of addicts who would say, when their fix is in, don't you fucking love me. Let's go to the dealer. Let's go get some more meth. Using as manipulation. Yeah. I need that love. I don't you love me. If you love me, we would we would get in the car, we would spend we would not spend that money on fucking rent. We would go and get some more meth. Um, that is a real fucking thing. And when people in relationships use it in in, in, in in Christian terms, especially with Mars Hill and some of the stuff that Jeff Becker said about controlling people with that word mm. because you need your fix. Like love is a weapon. Like love, yeah. Love is... There's a lot of... Pat Benatar said it. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> Happiness. <laughs> happy is another one of true. those words, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, don't you want to be happy? Or this will make you happy? Yeah. Or, yeah. You can get, you know, if you promise people happiness, you can do whatever. Don't you want, you want to have higher vibration, Derek? <laughs> yeah, <I'm not> <laughs> to me, happiness is a lot like sweets, you know? It's, it's, uh... Uh, my voice is already too high. I would like to drop it an octave, so lower vibrations <laughs> would be better. I like mixing music. <laughs> But again, the, the, am I lowering my vibration by listening to too much bassy music? Yeah, I think you might be. So yeah, we need to turn up the treble. But okay, so so we, so <laughs> what we're talking Are about sonic because you guys you guys are really candid about depression. And again, and there's better words, there's, there's better vocabulary. But but does that resonate with you? That idea of well, energy in the body manifesting itself somatically, maybe in different areas. Um, so, so like like an EMDR therapy, that's that's one thing that's common is the therapist will ask you to do a short body scan. You know, where is it you're feeling uh, the energy? They'll even use energy, but but you know what they mean because when you're focusing on what they call it a target, meaning the thing that you're processing or working through, where is it in your body? Where do you feel it in your body? So you guys feel things in your body when you're. And, I, and that's fine. I get, as a descriptor, I'd prefer better words. But that makes sense, though, doesn't it? I mean, would you I, agree? I, it'd still bother me a little bit. But do you but feel at the same time? I absolutely can say, yeah. I go into a job interview and feel butterflies in the stomach. Yeah, it, it, you know, versus my chest, where when I'm nervous right. about other things, I might be nervous there, or my palms get cold and right. sweaty. Like, yes, like the body has reactions. Those are measurable. Like. I can observe them in the real world. I think energy is a poor word to sure. describe that. It's called karma, Arthur. Throw out another mysterious word. So, have you felt uh, like you know doing work that you've done in counseling or meditation? Have you felt those things move from one place to another? Feel them change? And is that part of it? Uh, like when I quit my job, I had a huge amount of relief. <laughs> the energy just—I mean, there was a lot of tension, like building up into sure. the the interview process, and then negotiating my new job, and then talking to my bosses, and then having them come at me with lots of money to try to get me to stay for both a short and or long period of time. And just when that was all done, the relief—the the relief of. I, I have a clear path of what my near future is going to be like. And granted, you know, I have very little ability to predict what my next job is going to be like, and I'm, I'm not 
I'm not like looking at it through rose-colored glasses. It's going to be a job. It's a challenge. But I'm ready to move on, and I'm glad all of that's behind me. And there was a huge amount of relief. I also remember another time in my life when my wife and I bought our first house. Oh, and how much geez. anxiety got built up in, oh, yeah. in you know the whole process of doing that. Screw that first time we're <laughs> we're signing everything and we get through closing. And that I remember distinctly the way I felt. The first night we were laying in a bed in our own home after we went through the whole effort of working, you know, to move and everything, and just the amount of relief it was to just that that big exhale of like, we did it, like that was huge. Sure, and and your body absolutely reacts to what's going on, yeah. and I can. I'm happy to absolutely talk about what that looks like in depression or in excitement or anticipation. Going back to that Eckhart Tolle quote, have you experienced that disconnect between what you believe versus what you feel? Is that something that resonates? Yeah, I mean, I think I lived for a long time where that there was a tension in that, where I was, I was living in a way where I was still being a Christian as my faith was eroding into nothing. So you didn't really believe that, it, that but took, you were that took pretending? well over a year. That was probably a two to three year stint where my actions and the way I believed and what was coming out of my mouth was not really what I believed deep down. Mm-hmm. And that there was be, also a huge amount of relief when I decided to like integrate those two things and say, you know what? When I finally admitted to myself, I don't believe this anymore. That was like a huge, earth-shattering, relieving change for me. Pretense though, is one of my favorite topics. That could be another topic. Is what's that? Pretense, like you know, you're yeah, pretending. Yeah. Maybe you're just going through the motions. Where yeah. well, I did nothing through that decision. It was it was like it was like I can't coming out as gay in like the early '90s in the Midwest. Like you gain <laughs> literally nothing by coming out as to, to yeah, being yeah. gay where exactly. I grew up in the Midwest in the '90s. Yeah. Like. All it was, all it did was make your life worse. Right. Like, there was no relationship in my life where it got better because I, just, I started telling people I don't have faith anymore. Yeah. Everything in my That's life That's what changed. pisses me off with Christians, because I know gay people who, when Christians say, well, it's a choice, don't you know? <laughs> that'll trigger the fuck out of a gay person. Yeah. yeah. Like, if I wanted to make my I life... chose this, motherfucker! <laughs> you know? Yeah, if I wanted to make my life easier, I would have pretended to continue being a Christian. Like, oh, I think you would have. I would have been miserable inside, but by external measures, it would have been easier. Like, I lost a ton of friends. Um, It added huge amounts of tension to all kinds of relationships. But what I wonder is the people that can hold it together that are pretending that, and a lot of people are because they don't want to risk. What you do. But aren't they kind of rotting inside? Sure. Or but some aren't. Some can actually compartmentalize and disconnect. I don't know. I Everybody think, lives I think they can for a while. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's. You're right. It's kind of like doing meth for ten years. Like you can do it for ten years, and then your teeth fall out, <laughs> <laughs> or you go insane. There's there's those two things. And and uh, yeah, I have compassion for. I, there's probably pastors listening who. Who are in some church where they have to, they have to go through the motions just because that's their job, you know. There's something to that. And when we get into the topic of things like hell and damnation, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Well, and and that's where um, there's this idea out there that people as individuals are often better than their beliefs are. You, you know, like 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 the average Christian is better. 
than their view of hell exactly. or, or something. Exactly. Yeah, like, like, like God's a bigger it, dick than I am. Well, it, it's like I mean, that's a cognitive that consciousness. Thing, it goes but, to that cognitive yeah, dissonance. Classic yeah. description of democracy. Nobody's as stupid as all of us. <laughs> yes! <laughs> this is the story of the little bull who wanted to sing, but sing in a special way. His ambition was to sing in the Bull of the Woods Quartet. Rich and mild. No, no. You must sing deeper. Rich and mild. You see, Bull of the Woods chewing tobacco is rich. It's mild, too. And your voice must express that mildness. Rich and mild. Deeper. Rich and mild. Fuller. And so the little bull worked and sang and kept singing. His voice got richer and fuller and sweet as Bull of the Woods chewing tobacco until that great day when he got his wish. Bull of the woods, chewing tobacco. Bull of the woods, chewing tobacco. Bull of the woods, it's a fact, sir. Lovely filler can't be beat. Rich and mild, chewing tobacco. Man, it's good chewing tobacco. Bull of the woods, chewing tobacco. Smooth and tasty chewing treat. He's the boss. Go to hell and take your friends with you. So we're in a glass of scotch. And half Arthur had said that Jesus didn't talk about hell very much in the Bible. He did talk about Gehenna. Yeah, and he Sheol, talked, but, but, but in terms of like the traditional views that we tend to have, tend to come from Dante. Yes, and yes, Scottish. Middle Ages. And he doesn't talk about being imagery from hell. Right. There's so, never a direct object to be. So the, to and be I was saved. saying the, the one that the only thing that comes really close to that and um, makes it a little tricky is tricky is the story of Lazarus, the beggar, and the rich man. Where Lazarus goes to heaven and the rich man goes to hell. Um, And that one... And it's a parable again. Yeah, it's a parable. So, So it's... He's not saying this is what happens. It's not know. literal. A lot of people take it literally. It's a parable. Well, maybe Nothing Jesus okay, ever said it was literal. But well, it, okay. or, or it was, and yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> one of those things, like, like I don't know. The, the, you the, can't say for sure. Either. The reason why, and Derek's right, the reason why people interpret it as weighty is because Jesus talks about a chasm that can't be broken between mm-hmm. between hell and, and, and heaven. And, he doesn't say hell. Or, or, or earth. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, and Brad Jersak, who's... Uh, who's an interesting theologian, scholar, uh, Eastern Orthodox, formerly uh, a Mennonite, and actually had a stint as a Calvinist. But uh, but the way he unpacks that, and I don't think it's his idea originally per se, but he has an articulate way of unpacking it, is that chasm was broken when Christ died and descended into Hades and set the captives free. That's what broke that chasm that now people that are in Sheol can be free from it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. That never made sense to me, though, because as far as I understand it, heaven and hell don't exist in time. So there's not like a before and after. No. That always bothered me. And also, like, those poor fucking people that got that were born before the year zero, <laughs> right? Like, they suffered for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> like... Well, what, and what, people come what up with the weirdest freaking ways to solve that cognitive right. dissonance, yeah, maybe which is what we're talking about. Jesus what? was trying to get you to be really uncomfortable and think about things. In, in, yeah, in, I mean, in the, the point. Uh, but you look at Matthew 5, so here's my, here's my take on the last one. We're just going to dive right into a we're super deep <laughs> philosophical discussion. Right. We're just, uh, I've had to uh, kill off half our viewers in the first five minutes. <laughs> well, wait, though, wait, though. Oh, let me say yes, something real quick, because because you, you mentioned people that, that were before that time. So one of the, the beautiful icon in orthodoxy is of the resurrection where Christ 
is pulling, not just like like touching or helping, but like pulling Adam out of the grave. Like Adam is the first one to be to be let out of that's Sheol. not fair that fucker screwed up <laughs> Which, but, 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 that's, but that's what makes it beautiful Apparently screwed everybody that's yeah. what makes it beautiful yeah. though is 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 Adam's the first one out and if if we're all in Adam and Adam's yeah. the first one out and I think as humanity we are Adam you know we eat the fruit Adam's story mirrors our story uh we're, you know, it's, he's the first one out, and that icon, and that's kind of always been the teaching metaphor that the church has historically used. I think that's kind of beautiful. It is. So I don't think those people are, are fucked per se. Hopefully. And I, I so I'll just go. Time, I'll bounce off. Yeah, just for right, right. <laughs> just for thousands <laughs> yeah, of years. Yeah, a couple thousand years. But I'll bounce I'm off what you said. Torment. About but it's okay now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I'll going to that. Eyes. My conversation with uh, Kyle Reynolds about the homeless and him talking about going into meth camps. <laughs> and, and, de- and and talking with the marginalized, like there's something about that in the conversation with Jesus and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. So so Lazarus is sitting outside the gate of the rich man. We don't even know his fucking name, but he's sitting outside there for God knows how long. He's been camped out, you know, like the homeless on the streets. It's where he lives. It's where he lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, you ignored him the whole time, so it's sort of like that. And then you look at what er- Arthur was saying earlier. That's sort of like the parable of the rich, the rich young ruler, right? The rich young ruler is like, tell me what the thing I need to do to, to do. And this is the only time in the Bible where Jesus tells a guy what to do to be saved, right? Mm. It's the only time because he knows that this is the fucking game he's playing. You're playing the game of tell me the thing to do and then I'll do that and then I'll be saved and I'll get into heaven. And Jesus is like, okay, sell everything you got and, then, <laughs> and follow me. And he knew the guy wouldn't do it. So that's sort of the same story, isn't it? And that's hilarious, by the way, in contrast to evangelicalism, where they always want to get exactly what you have to do to be saved. Right, exactly right. Like, yeah, and it's got to be biblical. Yeah. And Jesus is like, eh, sell all your shit. <laughs> and the evangelicals are like, wait, can I tell what? I don't know if I can tell people that. But I like my shit. And we live in America where we have a lot of shit. Yeah. Right. Like, if you're not homeless, you're historically not poor. <laughs> Jesus' is in America. Point, yeah, Jesus' exactly. point was to make the lion as difficult to get to as possible. Yeah. Like, Matthew this, 5. Is how, this is how it's you evangelize, right? The one time Jesus evangelized, he made it the worst fucking option <laughs> this guy had ever had. This guy was willing to do anything yeah. in order to get in, and Jesus was like, I'll... Do, tell you to do the one thing you really, really, really don't want to do. He's like, bye. <laughs> yeah. Ron Jeremy because he knew the game 25 game. years ago and says, what do I have to do to be saved? And he's like, cut off your dick. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Maybe he'd do it now. <laughs> but again, so going Not back, likely. Yeah, going back to the Lazarus story and how Jesus uses the word Gehenna a lot when he's referring to hell, it's sort of the garbage dump. And this came up... Not sort of, it's literally... It's house. literally it's literally the garbage dump. But this came up in, in my head as I was editing the, the talk with Kyle Reynolds when he's talking about Surf Seattle, uh, the Union Gospel Mission, they serve the homeless on the streets of Seattle. And that is what... A lot of what Jesus is referring to is the, is the attitude of the religious elites towards the least of these. Mm-hmm. Like, you've thrown them into Gehenna. Like, you know, so here's your Gehenna, just like the just like the rich young ruler. And over and over again, if he pounds anyone, he he's pounding the religious elites. He's pounding the moralists. He's pounding the, the folks who sit on thrones with their gowns that have and it right. fucking hats and robes and, and says... You know, oh, you got you got the answers, do you? Skinny jeans can be just as bad as vestments. That's true. 
Absolutely. But, you know, Mark Driscoll proved that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when Mark used to just go off on people with hats and all the different hats and how it was a stupid symbol of the yeah. and then Yeah, behind the scenes, we learned the truth <laughs> about the, him yelling at people and fucking pulling his rank and shit like that. He just had, uh, uh, what are those shirts? The MMA shirts? Tap out. Tap out shirts, yeah. So he had the <laughs> tap out shirt of power. Jesus out. didn't tap. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck just walked like, in the room. Like when Norm walks. No, like Norm, Norm I'm, I'm back in the room. Oh, I've been back. here the whole time. I just had to go to the bathroom. Took an hour long. Took a long. Oh, yeah, took a, man. Took a long that's close. Sorry, brother. That's, that's a broken chair. It's a friggin' lost. So that's down. He's got a broken chair. We should move that chair around, Derek, so yeah. that it's like a surprise for people. I should give it to fix musical chairs. Add in the Rocky theme when Chuck enters. It's a final countdown. It's a fun. Rocky famous. Shut the goddamn door. I sound like uh. What, Your uh, energy sucks. Shut the door. <laughs> panic you got bad energy, dude. I just went panic at the You're disco not right there. Tonight. What is that? What is that lyric? Uh, have you heard of shutting? Yeah, haven't you ever heard of shutting the door? Yeah, shit kicked out of me. And Colorado then there's, uh, then I like the the end of it though. Um, it's one of the most controversial lyrics of rock and roll. I looked it up. Stay for the extended. I can't remember. Somewhere there's a listener going. Edit this out. Please edit this out. Come on. Panic of the disco. Nobody says. If you put half the energy you do with editing this as you do with ASI by your own. John, you you make some pretty big requests for editing. I said I would try. I would try. I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. I'm putting some editing into this. I need training. Training. Hey, yeah, grab a dude. I know. I know. You all the training all the time. I do. That's your job. I do. I've been hanging, I've been hanging out with a bunch of fucking bratty seven-year-olds. Nice. Need, Woo! Need oh, yeah. How's their energy? Scout thing, right? <laughs> Speaking of energy. Are they full of energy? Yeah, they're, they're, they're full they of energy. Yeah. Oh, he's got yeah, the hormones. He's a scout leader. He's got the sewing patch on there? No. I have a training patch, though, which was really funny when they gave me that. I was like, oh, Cool. I passed. Don't fucking molest boys. <laughs> and the yeah, lady yeah. looked at me, and she was just like, "Oh shit!" Like, no, not fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad. But you gotta, you gotta ask those questions. I think in organizations that deal with children nowadays, sadly, at least they do it. So, so good energy or bad energy? Yeah, yeah exactly. At least they're not taking the Catholic energy. Church's stance. <laughs> That's why they don't let kids bring shotguns to school anymore. Believe they it or not, to. they used to. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. It's all the kids, all the kids, pedophiles. all the kids in my, no, a lot of kids in my class used to come to school with the rifles in the back rack of their trucks. Yeah, because they go hunting. Yeah, afterwards. go hunting. My dad went to Everett High here when he graduated. Sixty-two, he graduated. There, he there, said, yeah. Oh, yeah, they there were guns rifles. in my parking lot. Yeah. in my high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah they so. used to have. Shooting, but I grew up in Illinois. In shooting class. You're not sixty-two. No, yeah, you're not sixty-two. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I graduated in nineteen ninety-five. Around here, you. Bite a pop tart in the shape of a gun, you're fucking out. Fuck no. right off. You're out. <laughs> yeah, we used to make great cookies in My birthday's next week. Uh, My birthday's not next week. Anyway, so, Chuck. Yes. What do you think about your energy level 
today. Today. How are your vibrations? How are your vibrations? vibrations? What do you think of these words? Because we've been having a conversation about about these words and their meaning. And well, and so we talked about this, and I, you know, before, and I, I don't get hung up on the language. Uh, it's there's something that I can't describe. There you go. As you long want, as you say that, it's fine. And you want to you want to call them energy. It's there. Um, can I prove that it's there? Yeah, I can pull out a piece of my hair and hang a ring, hang a ring from it <laughs> and post it to YouTube. <laughs> post on pull out a nose hair and tell me you have energy. That's right. Well, I was thinking it would be better if it was a pew, but <laughs> a lot of it be fitting. You see you know, it if you yeah, had be fitting, It'd be um, a little creepy. No, I, don't get, I guess I don't get hung up on the language. Yeah, because a hair isn't um, creepy. I probably would have pre deciding to start fixing my shit. Mm-hmm. I guess not fixing either because I'm. I'm starting to understand that I'm not. There's nothing to fix. I'm just gonna better at maintaining the bullshit. Wait, wait, wait. That's that's a huge, interesting yeah. insight. That, yeah, is that new? Yeah, probably the last two weeks. Okay, that, back to episode three. I was gonna right say right we're going back yeah. to Derek's theory. Yeah. All you yeah. do is manage your shit better. Talk to me about that. I want to hear about this. But I think that deals with the. Chuck's hope just died. My, no, it's not that my hope died. It's just where my energy died. Yeah, my energy died. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. I well, don't okay, think I but get rid of our shit anymore. You had an experience where something changed, something was moved, maybe not cured, but yeah. And it just, I guess, over the last month, thinking about it, but then just recently, over the last two weeks, and like Susan crushed me. Oh yeah. Was that two weeks ago? Yeah. Now? Because we talked about that, you know, I asked her, I was like, well, what do you think? You know, Susan's our therapist. Are we healed? Like, does it go away or is it just fucking boxes that get stacked in a corner? And she's really good about not answering direct questions, but she looked at at us and was like, they're boxes that sit in the fucking corner. And they're gonna. It's gonna come out. I should give Susan a high five. It's gonna come out. Yeah, yeah it's gonna come out. So, but so it's, it's how you react to it. Though. it yeah. So yeah. going back to the MDR thing, if you have this trigger that has all this influence over you, and you give it this rating of how strong that yeah. is, and you bring it to zero, yeah, what is that doing with the box? Like, is it is the it shrinking is still, into something? Tiny? No, the box oh, is still there. The it's just kind of up there. in the. It's up in the. Does it have any weight? Does yeah. that? Does it shrink yeah. in size? No, but it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. If you if you open it up, it might. But so you use, since you're an IT guy, I would use the the IT analogy to where it's just it's just a piece of data rather than a virus. Well, it's not shit anymore. It's compost. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. It's, or it's been quarantined, right? It's been quarantined over here where it used to be a and virus I, I that you didn't know. <laughs> and there's a lot of Christians probably it's listening who are trying to repent of their behavior. Yep. <laughs> and it's and it's and it's a fucking virus. It's an emotional virus, and you can. You can try and head fuck your way out of it, and should not do your way out of it, but it ain't gonna work. But that, but that's a you all right. That's a sort of healing, though, right? I'm sorry. That is a sort of healing. Yes. By something that used to phase just turned red. Used to bother you (laughs) is now in a box and it's contained and it has a place. Used to be a virus. It's not. Well, I wouldn't even call it a healing though either, Um, because I'm. Yeah, I think healing is. Some some of that's bullshit. It's more of just the just understanding that it's there and I'm okay with it. 
Boom. There. That's exactly what Rollins was saying. Yeah. That I'm not okay. I'm not okay, and we're okay with it not being okay. Yeah, like yeah, yeah it's it's weird. Like it's yes. Thank you. I still don't no. like the fact that I have the boxes, and I still you know. Do you feel like you've moved it from wounds to scars? Because I think a wound is different part than of a it. scar. Yeah, part of yeah. my. And I think that's maybe what they're doing with EMDR is bring it to zero would mean it's a scar and not a wound. Well, in um, I've done podcasts where, where I got emails from listeners going, "Are you okay?" That's me sharing a fucking wound. That's there, still bleeding. Th- th- you know? th- th- there's kind of woo-woo language that I've employed to describe my EMDR processes, where, and I think Seth Taylor's used it too. But but I but it resonated with me when he used it, like where one's baseline is sort of elevated. Yep. To, and yeah. that that makes a lot of sense to me with movement of energy or whatever. <laughs> no, I, I again I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I know it sounds fucking woo-woo, but but there is like like where you're we yeah. have baselines. Like your baseline is this. Absolutely. And maybe like Derek's described some depression. I, I've had anxiety where this is just where I'm living. This is like my you know ground zero and it sucks. And if you can elevate it then your baseline is at a higher level or it's a, a different place where you're operating in a better place, I, I guess. And that makes sense to me. It doesn't mean the shit's not there. Until that becomes... Yeah, that's what I'm going through is, is yeah, your new baseline happens and then it's like, oh, well, I've acclimated to this new baseline. I'd like for sucks. another elevation. Yeah, totally. So that what totally raises the elevation? It depends on what you're doing. I think therapy can do it. I think yeah. interior work can do it. I Sex. think meditation... Yes, but 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 only only those, uh, yes it, 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 yes definitely for about half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a conscious, and that's where I go to consciousness. That when you're conscious, when you wake that tube coming out of the tooth, but toothpaste tube analogy. Yeah, the tube coming out of toothpaste. That's a that's a whole other thing. Ram Das is an interesting. Uh, spiritual teacher from more of a Hindu tradition, but is an American, is famous for, uh, he, he was kicked out of Harvard University in the 1960s for doing experiments oh, with yeah. psilocybin on, on some students, and, and he, the guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right? it. it was the 60s, it, right it was there. the 60s, but, 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 but a bad well, TED talk, too, on yourself is one thing, he was doing it as, it, 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 you know, the guy's is like a scientist, but, but, um, but he has, he has an interesting story of, you know, he would do these psychedelic drugs, and, and he would say, I, you know, I, he's, he's finding himself going places and experiencing things, it's sort of this heightened level of consciousness, but he would get, disappointed or depressed because he always came down he always came down and sort of his journey was finding a way to like i want to stay up i I want to have this experience be his like my baseline and his story is such where he goes to india and he finds a a guru and uh, you know you go to india you can meet all kinds of people that are gurus maybe they were uh you know drug dealers uh, you know a couple years ago and now they're uh, whatever but this guru he has was, was, was 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 legit was actually legit, and he tells a story of you know getting to know his his, his guru, um, Kareem Kohli Baba, I believe is his name. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, and and at one point, th- th- this this guru had a way of That's sort our of Instagram um, name, by the way, being intuitive and just reading people and reading his mind or, or whatever. And, and he he tells Ram Das he knew he had some LSD on him. Like, give me the medicine. Give me the medicine. 
and you know through the, an interpreter figuring out what he's talking about, and he reluctantly gives him some LSD. Like, no, give me more. Long story short, he gives this guru like a, a dangerously high amount of LSD, I and mean, he was kind of concerned, like I shouldn't have given him so much. But the story is like nothing happened to the guy. Like he never, he didn't experience any altered state of consciousness at all. It was like uh, nothing because he was already there. It yeah, is, oh, is yeah. so. It's just a really interesting sort of way of thinking about it. Oh, yeah. uh, so, I, how do you get? I, I don't know. I mean, some people do it through psychedelics, but again, the downfall there is that it, it, it's short lived. Some people experience it through through meditation. Um, I, I think there's something with. I, I've, I've kind of actually come to this over the past year. I think there's something to asceticism in people that devote their lives to, like, like even monastic living through, like, where people in various faith traditions, Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, they're constantly, well, praying or meditating and they're fasting. And I think you can be elevated if you devote your life to that. Of course, we in the West, we have jobs, we have to work, it's a little harder. But there's something to that, I think. It, there's different ways to do it. I can see yeah. how that would resonate with you with the things you were introing with before we started recording about your hourly billing. Oh, yeah. That, that's my new... <laughs> the monastic thing. living might sound really appealing to you as yeah. you're struggling with... I like sex and food, though. <laughs> that's the one thing. I like sex and food too much. But but I, but I get how like like denying yourself those things, though, can maybe do something to your baseline or, you know, it, there's something to it. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I would totally be a monk if I could have sex and eat good food, but it kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Westerner. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, I think Richard Rohr was in an interview and they they were talking about, or he brought it up actually about the whole because uh, he's a Catholic priest, you know, and he took a vow of celibacy, and he goes, yeah. That's not for everybody. <laughs> I get that, you know. But for me, it works. It's interesting. That's honest. That's the most honest that I have ever heard. Some people are more asexual or more, um, you know, maybe don't have as much of a drive. It just, you know, maybe depends. Some people know. are just really talented masturbators. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, uh, speaking of energy, I, I was processing some of my so there's the new speaking of Catholics too there's more uh, here take a, one of these too Arthur I got my spherical ice balls, ice balls. we got ice balls and scotch you want tonight. some rust balls we are your, living in your scotch we are living on the uh, I like right yeah. um, <clears throat> so uh, Pope Francis has a bunch of uh, well he has this cardinal in Chile who's been accused of sexual assault. And he said, uh, he said, well, where's the evidence? You know, and this triggered the fuck out of me because it wasn't until I was 38 years old. That, and we have this, this situation here in the city of Seattle, and there's more news on that today about the, the current mayor knew something about it before she was elected. Um, the fact that the guy was a pedophile before he was even fucking elected and probably shouldn't have been elected if we all, the public, knew this shit. Um, but all this stuff started coming out because it married Murray molested his foster son, and then he, he molested some other people. But the thing is, is there's no evidence because this happened over 20 years ago. 
And that's sort of the thing with a lot of us male, especially um, a soul survivors, is we don't we don't you know report it. Mm. So the there is no fucking evidence. Exactly. Yeah. So here's the Pope going. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. And then he said he was sorry. Oh, so I'm sorry for bringing up evidence, but this is my friend, and I'd like to see some evidence. <laughs> so, Do you, you see, know, actually, but a couple and days that just later, pissed me off. A couple days later, he sent his, the guy who looks into all this stuff. So he kind of... Yeah, like maybe he was just, I, I don't know, but maybe it was just like there's not evidence to prosecute or... Exactly. Yeah, but look at Penn State. It was kind of a dumb thing for the Pope to say, honestly. Yeah, hadn't looked into it yet. Right. But then he he kind of made up for it by actually sending the guy who's in charge of looking into all these things. Right. But then the 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 news that came out a week ago was, but I still want some evidence. You know, just sort of a fuck you. And there's a there was a uh, there was a survivor who was on his panel that that deals with these cases who quit. Because they're not dealing with these cases, and it just it just it just heightened my anger, and I was like yelling at people in traffic over this. <laughs> so it's spilling over. You could use energy or whatever it is, but my anger level was raised to this point where I'm pissed off. I'm on Facebook and I'm saying shit <laughs> to people, and then some guy cuts me off in traffic, where I usually I drive in the city all day long. Like normally, this stuff doesn't fucking bother me. Was he Asian? <laughs> no. he was I don't know. I, it, was, it was just it's just not me. It's just not oh, the, the me. No, but it, but it is. A part of it is you because you did. Yeah, yeah. it's the it's the you know my boxes are fucking leaking. Chuck, young adolescent Russ. So how do you need to have a voice? Oh yeah, and so you dude. just scream the fuck and dude. you just cuss them out. So fucking right true. Oh yeah, fuck. You let them have to go back in time. Right? Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of hard, and you know, when you're in the middle of the freeway traffic in the city of Seattle, yeah, doing your job with <laughs> passengers, <laughs> with passengers in your car, right? Yeah, yeah. So true. Though. A lot of what you're, a lot of the frustration you're talking about, there's a cognitive dissonance. I think a lot of people might have with like the Matthew 18 approach to confrontation. Yeah. You know, go to your brother, and if he doesn't listen, take a witness, and yeah. if listen. Well, the Catholic preaching, Church ain't you know. fucking listening. Because Penn State has way more. And Penn State let that motherfucker stay there for way too long. But you know what? Today, they took down his fucking statues, and that is a desecrated point in history for Penn State. While the Roman Catholic Church still moves these motherfuckers around, they still pay the best and brightest lawyers to protect them, and it fucking pisses me off to know. I can see how you've really worked through this. Mm. Yeah. It's just come fun. Away, the, news is, the news pisses me off. No, man. Anyway. Get it. Yeah. You so, need EMDR that shit. That, that's, I am, yeah. That, that's how they sell more. <coughs> just keep your news from Facebook. That's what I do. Or just follow the Franciscans. They're the good Catholics. Yeah. Yes. I'm actually not even kidding when I say that. No, the, I'm uh, not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm an atheist, and I'm, I was born in a Franciscan hospital. Jesuits. They, Jesuits. they put their yeah. money yeah. where their mouth is. That's true. The Jehovah's have you listened Witnesses, to, you can look into them, too. They're good. Have you read or listened to his, yeah, uh, Roland's book, uh, the Orthodox Heretic? No, not that one. Oh, yeah. Do we and I love, a- the, I love the subtitle, which is, And Other Impossible Tales. <laughs> Do we even have a plane to land, or are we in too many pieces? So I'll, I'll land. I'll land. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Steve, you were going to say something. It's like it's a shit that just splattered all the way in the pole. And you look at it, and you're like, how do I clean that up? 
I think this episode has great energy. <laughs> it does have great energy. It has been good. Yeah. I mean, it's been fun to be We're here. I don't know. It's going to be listenable be at all. Which, ironically, by my theory, it'll be the best episode. Something ever. that Chuck brought up that I want to land the plane on, and we'll we'll land the plane on this. Maybe. Crash the plane, please. <laughs> Crash the plane or something. Okay, In EMDR, that was the exact thing that came up. There's a teenage me mm-hmm. and a younger me, and we were processing for like an hour, almost an hour and a half. And I came to this point where, have you guys seen the, the film The Outsiders? Nope. Yes. Uh, Rob Macchio? The gold doesn't stay. Mm. That's kind of where I landed on that last, that last EMDR session. The, the little me is going, this is so beautiful. We're in this place. And the older me is standing there going, yeah, but the gold doesn't fucking stay. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> and so that's a whole other thing I'll be processing next time. But... Um, I read a quote that was really cool, and it was from one of your one of your uh, orthodox guys, John. Oh, okay. From one of these uh, orthodox. One of uh, my team. Uh, yeah, one of your team. <laughs> one of your team. One of my tribe. Yeah. yeah. Right. Until love is embraced as the only commodity of genuine value, we the people, uh, we the people will be programmed to fear and turn in have that fear sold back to us oh, as freedom. Lazar Pahalo, yeah. I think I botched that. No. You- Until love is embraced as the only commodity of genuine value, we, the people, will be programmed to fear and in turn have the fear sold back to us as freedom. That's a lot of the branding of, uh, of modern pop theology or religion. Uh, it's by Valak. De- I can't even. It, it, his it's name. A Valak de the Lazar. Vladika Lazar Pahalo. He's up in. Uh, he's up in British Columbia. He's, he's, he's amazing. Yeah, he's a good teacher. Alright. Uh, boom. Let's listen now to a commercial for McPeter's Funeral Parlor. And friends, your loved ones can receive no finer care than that offered by McFuneral's Peter Parlor. That's a huge bitch. Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe, like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't kick it out! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. This disc contains CD-ROM data and is not for audio use. Please press stop on your disc player now.